Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. If you have your smartphone, if you have your, uh, your tablet, I want you to go because I'm going to do part four of my message that today is probably going to be a really, really, really deep uh, encouragement, but also a reality check for some of us. It's going to bring a lot of hope. And it's part four, and the test is going to be the prison test. And so let's go before the Lord. I'm going to do a recap for those who haven't been here. Uh, let's go before the Lord, and let's ask Jesus to speak to us. Hey, listen, you got dressed because you want to experience and encounter the Lord. So let's ask the Lord to speak to us right now. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray, Lord God, that you would speak to us. Speak to us to, according to your word. Lord, anoint me, Lord God, Father, as a vessel of clay. Lord God, and I ask, Lord God, that your anointing will be upon me. Lord, I ask that you would have ears to hear. Lord God, I pray that you release a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus today. And I'm asking for great encouragement today as we dive into your word in Jesus' name. And everyone said, I'm going to give you a recap for those of you who haven't been here uh, in a while or just here for the first time. I've been on a series, <laughs> I think about two months now, but we've had some guest speakers and we had Easter and we had all this good stuff. But uh, we, I've been on a series called From, From Calling to Destiny. And uh, basically what this series is about is the studying the life of Joseph. Now I want you to hear me really carefully because I'm going to give you like a five minutes or so foundation because it's important that I recap because there were, there were character tests, everybody say character tests, that Joseph had to pass in order for him to be trusted with walking in his destiny. How many know that is there's, there's a huge difference between receiving your calling and then being trusted to walk it out? Now, that calling doesn't always have to be spiritual in nature. What I mean by that, it doesn't always have to be behind a pulpit. It doesn't have to be serving in, uh, in the church, although that is a great part as well. But your calling may be entrepreneurship. Come on. Your calling may be to start businesses. Your calling may be to be a lawyer or a doctor, and God is going to use you as a man or woman of God in that field. We need to make sure that we accept what God has called us to be and not uh, try to compare our calling with somebody else's. That being said, guys, church, here's the thing. There's a difference between receiving that call. How many remember where you were at when you felt like a burning desire to do something, right? Uh, now, now, just to give you a little clue, how do you know what you're called to do? That's a whole other sermon, but just to give you a quick clue, what you find yourself burning for the most for a good portion of your life, what you find yourself thinking about the most uh, that, that is a burning desire. I remember before I started preaching, we had tapes. Come on, somebody. Some of you guys don't know what that is. Yeah, that's right. That's why I see that they're looking confused. You push play and rewind, right? There's like some young people like, what is that, Right? And I remember I was so, I, you know, I, I would preach to myself, and then I would hear myself. I go, oh, my God, that's the most wackest, ugliest thing that I ever did. I would be like, everybody, you know, uh, let's turn to Matthew chapter 3, and I would be in my room. Amen, somebody. And, and let's go to, and there was no one there, right? And I would replay it, and I'm like, I am such a fool. But I wasn't. What God was doing is what he was he was restoring, he was that passion because I had a burning desire to preach. I just didn't have any language for it, right? So there's a difference between your calling and your destiny. Now, part one, uh, just to recap of Joseph, the, the major test that he had to pass was the first one. Let's see if you remember. Do you remember? 
Come on, some, some of you guys, okay, have amnesia already. Come on, don't, don't everybody talk at the same time. Calm down, calm down, all right. So the, pride. The first character test that Joseph had to, to pass was pride. Everybody say pride. You cannot get to your destiny if you don't pass the pride test. And Joseph had to battle some pride because of the Bible says that the Joseph's brothers were angry with him by the way that he spoke about his dream. So there's proof that sometimes we heroize the Bible characters and we think that just because they're in the Bible that they absolutely did nothing wrong to deserve some of the consequences in their life. Look at Samson. Samson was a mighty man of God, but he actually went with, with Delilah, and he is the one who contributed to the things that happened in his life. We don't want to say those things. How about David? David was a mighty man of God, chosen by God, but he chose to sleep with Bathsheba. And he had severe consequences with that. So don't tell me that some of us can't be in the predicament because of our own choices. So that was the first one. He had to pass the pride test because he was prideful in the way that he spoke about his dreams. The second thing that we talked about, the character test, was the pit test. And we talked about the three P's in the pit, right? The pers- the, let me remember the position of the pit, which means um, um, how did I get here? How did I get in this position in the first place? Some of us need to ask that question. How, am I, how did I get into this position that I'm in right now in the pit of my life? How did I get there? What series of events led me to this place? The second P of the pit, if you remember, was the perspective of the pit. In other words, what is God trying to teach me in my pit season? Come on, say amen. And the three, third P, this is all review of the pit, is the purpose of the pit. And if you remember, the purpose of the pit, Reuben was a type and shadow of Jesus. And the Bible says that while all his brothers, this is a review, wanted to kill him. Reuben said, let's throw him in a pit. But watch this. If you read closely in Genesis chapter 37, this is our review. Reuben said he planned to, to eventually deliver him. What's wrong with this? And bring him to the father. In other words, the purpose of the pit, your pit, is to eventually get you to cry out and deliver you and bring you back to the father. That is the purpose of your pit, Right? And then two weeks ago, we really had a powerful, or two or three weeks ago, had a powerful time uh, in the Lord, and we talked about the purity test. The third major test that Joseph had to pass in order to be trusted with his calling is the purity test. Everybody say purity. Come on, everybody say purity. I know that's a hard thing to, to, to say nowadays, all right? But the reason why Joseph was able to passed the purity test when a woman, Potiphar's wife, kept coming after him and basically throwing herself. That's what the Bible is saying. Hey, have sex with me. Hey, lie with me, right? It's because not only Joseph ran away, it's because he had a deep-rooted fear of the Lord. You cannot pass the purity test if you don't have the fear of the Lord. You will be incomplete if you only have the love of God and not the fear of God. And the reason why, this is all recap, the reason why I knew it was the fear of the Lord is because uh, Joseph said this will be great wickedness before God. Now, mind you, and just to remind you before we go into our, our, our message this morning, he had every opportunity to let it slide because of all the things that God supposedly promised and didn't come to pass in his eyes. All the dreams that didn't come to pass, the broken promises. Nobody knew Joseph. He was in Egypt by himself. He could have said, you know what? Nobody knows me. I'm a little bit angry with God right now for not coming through. Come on, somebody. And I'm just going to have a little bit of fun. But he didn't. You know why? 
because the fear of the Lord ruled him. Now remember what I said. The fear of the Lord is not being afraid of God. The fear of the Lord is being terrified to be away from God. The, the fear of the Lord is not being afraid of God in the sense I don't want to get near him. The fear of the Lord is being terrified to be away from him. So when we have the fear of the Lord uh, uh, ruling our hearts, the inner decisions and inner desires that kind of gravitate us to sin will pull us away because ultimately we know that that situation, if we keep doing it, it will, it will keep us away from God. The fear of the Lord is to, is to be afraid or terrified to not be near God, which leads us to the fourth test. And by the way, I believe, buckle your seatbelts because I believe this fourth test is probably the hardest test that Joseph had to pass. And I'm going to say this. It's the hardest test that we have to pass. It's the prison test. I'm, gonna, I'm going to explain prophetically and symbolically what the prison test means prophetically, symbolically for us today. I want you to turn to uh, Genesis chapter 39 and we're going to start today. Genesis 39, we're going to start at verse 10 through 21. It's going to be in the NLT on your screens. I want everyone to pay attention because I believe this is going to be life-changing for some of the seasons that you're in. Everybody say amen. All right, let's, let's read. Verse 10. She, now remember, we're picking it up. We're picking the story up right after. Everybody say after. This is a little foreshadow. Say after. Joseph was completely obedient on running away from sexual impurity. This is right after Joseph is saying, no, when everything in him could have said yes. Right after he said, no, I will not lie with you. Now listen what, what happened next and listen what the enemy set up as a trap for him. And also the, the Lord allowed it for a reason. She, Potiphar's wife, kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her. Let that sink in. And he kept out of her way as much as possible. Verse 11, one day, however, no one else was around. When he went in to do his work, she came and grabbed him by his cloak, demanding, come on, sleep with me. Joseph tore himself away, but he left his cloak in her hand as he ran from the house. Notice that Joseph kept on fleeing from her. But this time, he fled, and she grabbed his cloak, and, and he ran. Verse 13, when she saw that she was holding his cloak and he, she, he had fled, verse 14, she called out to her servants. Soon all the men came running. Look, she said, my husband has brought this Hebrew slave here to make fools of us. He came into my room to rape me. Total lie, total lie. But I screamed. When he heard me scream, he ran outside and got away, but he left his cloak behind with me. Verse 16, she kept the cloak with her until her husband came home. Verse 17, she told him her story that the Hebrew slave you brought into our house tried to come in and fool around with me. And she said, but when I screamed, he ran outside, leaving his cloak with me. Now, now look at this. Verse, look at verse 19. Now, I want you to notice something. Look at me before we read verse 19. Because this is going to hurt in a, in, a, in a good way. Notice that something happened that was really bad right after Joseph was obedient. 
Sometimes we think bad things happen to bad people. Sometimes we think the only reason I'm going through something because I made a bad choice. No, sometimes you're going through something because you made the right choice. Sometimes the enemy is, is, is raging because of the obedience that you have. And then sometimes God allows, allows certain things to be present in your life because he's after development of your character. Now watch, watch, watch this. Potiphar, verse 19, was furious when he heard his wife's story about Joseph had treated her. So he took Joseph and threw him into the prison. Everybody say prison. Where the king's prisoners were held, and there he remained. Now I want you to see this little bonus promise from the Lord. Look at this. But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison. Oh, that could preach a whole another hour. He noticed that the Lord just didn't deliver him from the prison. He was with him in the prison. He was, the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him faithful love and favor. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prisoner's warden. Now, the prisoner test, what I'm going to, you can look up at me now. What I'm going to say is probably the hardest test that Joseph ever had to go through in his life. And like I said just a couple minutes ago, I guarantee you, the prison test, when I break it down for you, is probably the hardest test to produce character in our lives. I wish there was another way to produce character other than uh, what I'm about to share with you today. Because, I, I, you know, here's how I, in a perfect world, how me and you would love to get character in our life. We would love to have someone that has disciplined their life, all their life, to come up with disciplined character, to lay hands on us and transfer that character into us. That's how we would like character to be built. But I studied the Bible uh, to and fro, and I read uh, commentaries on theologians, and they all say that they hardly ever see character built any other way than what I'm about to share with you. And, here's, and, and it's through trials and tribulations and fiery trials. Trials, fiery trials, and tribulations. And, and, and the reason I say that is because when I say the prison test, I'm, I'm talking about a mental, emotional reality of anguish, listen to me, of anguish and confinement. So wh why do I say that? Because in the natural, jails and prisons, we're talking about the prison test, jails and prisons are places of confinement. Has anybody ever felt, felt confined in their season, in their walk with God? You felt stuck, you felt confined, but it's more than confinement. There's, there's agony involved in the confinement, right? Now listen to this. A jail, jail sentence are shorter in length than prison sentences, right? Jail, jail is an intense time of trying, of trouble, of anguish, right? Of disappointment, right? But it's usually for a short period of time, right? That's what I call equivalent to the jail is equivalent to what I call trials. Everybody say trials. Trials are anguish. They're full of, of, of sometimes uh, hurtful emotions. They're uh, filled with negative feelings. They, they feel like confinement, like you're in a trial. How many have been in a trial, right, in, in, emotionally, right? But it's usually for a, a period of time. Prison, prison is a trial, an intense trial for a long time. Prison sentences are usually years, right? 
I'm going to talk this morning about when it comes to trials, fiery trials, and tribulation. So tribulation is equivalent to the prison sentence. There's trials, short, intense moments, season of our lives. Then there's tribulation, tribulations of our lives, right? Jesus said, listen, I know in this world you will have tribulation, but be a good cheer. I have overcome the world, right? Come on, you awake this morning. Now, now listen to this. This is why I'm saying this. Because it, w- in order for you to understand what I'm going to say, I, I need to, you to think of the, the jail, the, the prison as trials, fiery trials, and tribulation. I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to share this with you. So um, the Greek word for trial, look at this, this, this uh, in your screen up there. Look at this, um, this point. The Greek word for trial is the word peri- Pirasmos, which means, watch this, an experiment, adversity, this is the word trial in the Greek, affliction or trouble served to test and prove someone's character, faith, and holiness. Have you ever thought of what the trial is producing in you? The Greek word for trial, put that back up there, the Greek word for trial is Peresmos, which, which means an, ex, an experiment, experiment. Now, experiments are usually short, right? Adversity, affliction, or trouble serve to test and prove someone's character, faith, and holiness. Now, one of the things about prisons, which I'm not going to talk about, but is very important, but I want, I want to get it out of the way because I want to harp on really the prison of the prison of trial and tribulation in your life. That's the prison test. In order for you and I to be trusted with the call of God in our life, we must pass the trial and tribulation test, which is the prison test. I'm not getting any amens or shouts this morning, right? Now watch this. Another thing that the Bible talks about prison, which I'm not going to talk about, but believe me, it's very important. I'm going to say it real quick, and if it applies to you, you better apply that to your life. When Bible talks about prisons, one of the things that the Bible is symbolic prophetically for prison is bondage. He came to set the captives or prisoners free. Well, he's not really just talking about people on 33rd Street only. He just didn't say, like, I'm going to come and, fi- and, and get all the people who are in physical jail. No, no, no. He's talking about physical, spiritual, emotional prison, right? So I'm not going to harp on this, but one of the words for prison or some of the symbolism of prison is bondage. Now watch this. I'm going get, to get this even, even um, better for you. Temptations that we are drawn to at one point of our life that we yielded to that we feel we can't get out of because now has become a bondage. Now always remember this. A lot, not most, but a lot of bondage starts with your desire to gravitate to that. The Bible says in the book of James, each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desire, his own desire, and then enticed. And then when it's enticement, then it becomes death, sin. And then when sin is birth, it becomes death, right? So nowhere, that you, nowhere there that you see the devil going, hey, come over here. Hey, whispering in your ear. Why don't you do that? The devil made me do it. Baloney, you wanted to do it, right? Now, I, I'm only going to share that because to some of you, the prison test is actually passing the bondage test. Hear me, the prison test in your life that you will never, and I say this in love, you will never be trusted with the fullness of your calling if you're bound by addiction. Listen, 
and by your temptation that leads you into bondage. Does God love you? Yes. Does God still care for you? Yes. But if you're in bondage, blind people can only lead blind people into the ditch. Blind people can't set people free. Jesus said the blind will lead the blind to the ditch. So so imagine if I'm blind, I'm saying, listen, I know the way. Come follow me. I'm eventually going to lead you astray. But I'm not going to talk about that this morning because I didn't feel that that is something that um, the Lord wanted to highlight. The prison test that I want to talk about this morning is the prison that comes through severe trial and tribulation. You know the Bible says trials, right? But then, you know what he says, fiery trials? It's actually different. Trials, sorry, fiery trials are like trials on steroids. Come on, say amen. Fiery trials are not just trials. They're trials on steroids. As a matter of fact, Peter, the apostle Peter, talked about specifically fiery trials in our lives. He actually said, listen, this is part of the, of the prison test. Now, now you got to hear me. you got to hear me because the number one temptation when we're going through a fiery trial is to remain steady. And remain steadfast because the Lord will cause or allow fiery trials to see what's truly in your heart. Now look at 1 Peter chapter 4. Look at what it says. Are you getting something this morning? Some of you, you need to elbow somebody. Come on, you're not awake. Come on. Ready? Now watch this. This is a popular scripture, but I want you to see this in the NLT. Listen. Dear brothers, verse 12. Dear friends, don't be surprised. Everybody say, don't be surprised. Turn to someone and say, don't be surprised. Watch this. This is not, this is not like a woohoo, I'm going to get blessed message, right? Peter said, hey, guys, don't be surprised of these fiery, fiery trials. Not just trials. Fiery trials that is about to try you. Watch this. As if though some strange thing happened to you. In other words, he's going like this. This is part of the game. This is part of the process. See, if we don't know that this is part of the process, we will easily get offended with God. Because the fiery trials that we're going through is part of the process. Now, I'm going I'm to foreshadow. You're going to see what is the process, but I'm going get, to get there. I'm going to tell you what the main goal of tribulation and trials is. And I'm, I'm going to tell you through Scripture. Don't be surprised at the fiery trials that are about to try you as those, some strange things happen. Watch this. Instead... Be very glad, be very glad for these trials make you partners with Christ in his sufferings. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Some of us, we say amen to that, but we don't want to hear that. Come on, if you just be honest with yourself, like, yeah, that's great, yay. I'm I'm partners with Christ in suffering, but we're still like, I'm still feeling this thing. I'm still going through this thing. I don't want to be partners right now with Jesus in this, right? You want me to, you want God to take it away. But what is it producing in you, people of God, is far greater than what you could ever imagine. Because it's God's mercy and grace to actually not give you what you desire if you're not ready for it. That was a good place to say amen. It's God's mercy and grace to actually not give you something when you ask for it if your character is not ready. Because you'll wind up hurting a lot of people. If your character is not ready for the call of God on your life, if you're easily offended, if you easily drift away, if you easily pop off on the mouth, and your character is not strong to match the call of God in your life, you can abort the, the call of God on your life. Oh, no one could abort the call of God. Yes, you can. The devil can't abort it, but you can. You can. You 
can abort the plan of God. I know that sounds weird for some of you. We live in this bubble in Christianity that says nothing can stop the plan of God for your life. How about you, your purposeful waywardness can cancel the, the, the plan of God if you are not repentive for that. Let me just say this. It says, don't be surprised. Everybody say, don't be surprised. Now watch this. I'm going to keep going. Keep going. Whatever verse we stopped at, guys. If you're insulted because you bear the name of Christ, you will be blessed. For the glorious spirit of God rests upon you. Keep going. If you suffer, however, if, <laughs> this, is, this is funny. If you suffer, don't suffer for being a murderer. Like some people are like, I'm going through a fiery trial, man. Why? I just killed somebody. I'm in jail, man. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with me. I don't know if God. No, no, no. Don't suffer as a murderer stealing, making trouble, or prying into other people's affairs. Watch. Keep going. But it is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Praise God for the privilege of being called by his name. Look at verse 19. So, so, if you are suffering. Ooh, listen. How many people are suffering right now in our church, in our community? If you are suffering emotionally, that means you're, that means you're in a prison test. If you're suffering in your mind, you're, you're in a prison test. If you're going through any major trial or tribulation, here's the news flash. You're going through a test, and that's a prison test like Joseph had to go through. I'm going to explain that for a second, okay? If you're suffering in a matter that pleases God, keep, oh, listen, 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 listen. This is a revelation. Say this with me, if I am suffering in a manner that pleases God. Now, I want you to say this real loud. Keep on doing what is right. Why would Peter say that? Because he knows we have a tendency to not do things right when we are suffering. When we are suffering, we don't want to do the things right. As a matter of fact, it's a recipe to quit. It's a recipe to bail out. How many people want to bail out when all hell breaks loose? Why? Because we can't stand the pressure. So the, the, the apostle Peter said, if you are going through a severe trial that is pleasing God, keep on doing what is right. It's one of the hardest things to do. That's what Joseph did. Joseph kept on doing what was right, and when he did what was right, he got thrown into a prison. Listen, let me, let me tell you something. I believe that there's so many things that happened throughout the years that Joseph was in prison because if God, my opinion, if God would have taken Joseph out, or let me just put it more modern, if God would have shortcut the prison process in Joseph's life, he would have probably been so angry and his character had not been molded to the image of Christ. See, the, the, the prison test sometimes, the trial and tribulation test that we're in is an oven process where God softens us. If God would have taken Joseph out of the prison shorter than what he was desired to be there for his character, he probably would have sought revenge on his brothers because his character had not been built yet, and he would have destroyed the brothers that betrayed him by which the, watch this, by which the seed Jesus was going to go through. Do you hear what I said? It was prophesied that the seed of David, the seed of Jesus would go through the loins of the trials of, of Israel. If he, would have, if he would have killed those people, it would have messed up the plan of God to bring the Messiah through the seed of those brothers. Let me tell you something, guys. The prison test is talking about the longevity 
and the pain of a fiery trial. Some of you have been in a trial for a long time. I want you to put that up. I know I'm, I'm going everywhere, but you know what a trial is? A trial, a trial is, is a tribulation for a long time. Everybody say tribulation. Now, I want you to see something because these uh, tribulations are basically long trials. I want you to see this next slide. The goal of the prison test, everybody say the goal of the prison test, is to develop perseverance or endurance, watch this, for us to stay standing and finish strong. The goal of the prison test is to develop perseverance, develop perseverance or endurance for us to stay standing and finish strong. We've got a lot of great starters in the body of Christ, but we don't got a lot of great finishers. As a matter of fact, you just see people that start off strong and towards the middle or end of their life, you say, what happened to these guys? I love what Mike Bickle said one time. He said, he said uh, true revival is not going to a conference. It's staying steady for years. You're, I'm not perfect, but you know why, peop, you know why people... Uh, Come back, and some 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 of these people are, are you know are, that I'm that are my spiritual sons and daughters because I've tried to stay consistent, and people will see consistency before they see your gifting. And so, what God is trying to do in the midst of your trial is to shape you so that you can have perseverance and endurance. Watch this, so you could finish strong. And in my opinion, what Joseph went through, the three things that God produced in Joseph in the prison test is found in Romans chapter 5. In Romans chapter 5, I believe I saw three things that I believe that tribulation produces that God used in Joseph's life so he can be able to come out of that prison test, watch this, fully humble, fully tender, and fully obedient to the Lord. By the time 12 or so years passed, guys, could you imagine someone that had a dream? Someone that God, it wasn't the devil, God gave him that dream. Then he got a, then listen, then that person who had a dream told his brothers that he was sold and then put it in a pit. Then when he put him in a pit, they sold him to, to slaves. And then he's fleeing sexual impurity. He's doing the right thing. And then he gets thrown in prison. He gets lied about. All that is a, is a pressure cooker to form Joseph to eventually be the second in charge of all of Egypt. Why does God have to take us through trials and tribulation? I'm going to say this. I'm a little early in my message in saying this. But I can't find any other thing biblically that produces character like trials and tribulations. As a matter of fact, I'm going to give you a challenge. I'm going to give you a challenge. I rarely do. I want you to do a word search on your own time on character in the Bible. Just the word character. And I want you to see there's not many other things in the Bible, in the Bible, that produces character other than trials and tribulation. It's not laying hands. In the name of Jesus, be Christ-like now. There it goes. It's all over you. There you go. You're humble right now. I just prayed for you. Pride is gone. See, that's the problem with the church. We want just a quick fix, and we don't know that, watch this, trials and tribulations are not side roads to growth. They're the main roads to growth. 
Look it up. I, lit, I did a research of, of famous theologians, and they say I could not find any other place, very rare, where the word character, actually character, is built other than tribulations and trials. So here's my question. Here's my question. Here's, here, here, watch this. How many want I should have said this earlier, but how many want to really build your character? Some of you are like, not now. Shoot. No, no, no. Based, based on, on how you felt before, not the revelation I'm giving you. How many want to grow in godly character? Here it is. It, you will be strong in godly character by going through fiery trials and tribulations. You say, where is that in the Bible? I'm glad you asked. Because in Romans chapter 5, look what it says. Watch this. Let's read it slowly. Watch, I feel the presence of God here. Therefore, having been justified by faith, watch this, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Here's the thing. If you're going through an intense trial, get ready because that means God is trusting you with something. I'm going to say that again. If you're going through an intense trial, and it's been a long time, like a prison, if you keep your heart right, there's going to be great influence that's going to be trusted to you. Right? And there's going to be an emptying out of a lot of what you thought wasn't in your heart during the trials. Trials and tribulations are a mirror for who you really are. I want to say that again. Trials and tribulation are a mirror to show you how you really, how you really are, the deep crevices of your heart. Watch this. Don't put that scripture off. Keep it up there. Romans chapter 5. Therefore, having been justified with faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse 2. Look at verse 2. Therefore, whom also we have access by faith into his grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of glory. Now watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Verse 3. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulation. Wait, wait, wait. Keep it up there. That word glory also means delight. I don't want to delight in no tribulation. But we also delight or glory in tribulation. Why? Here it is. Knowing that tribulation, everybody say produces. See, the word produces means it's not automatic. It's, it's, not, it's not just like here's perseverance. No, produce means it takes time. It takes nurturing. It takes difficulty. It ta Listen, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I wish I could pray for a six-pack in my abs. But I, you just can't do that. Lord, I pray today, tomorrow I have faith that you'll give me a six-pack in the name of Jesus. It ain't going to be there. You got, you got to put in the work. Man, I wish it was that easy. Lord, just give me a six-pack. That's how we think of Lord, just give me character. Are you sure? Lord, I want, I want character. I'm tired of doing this. I want to be strong. I don't want to be wavering all the time. Welcome to fiery trials. And the longer you resist, the longer the trial is. Now, wait, wait, wait. Put that, put that scripture up there. Put that scripture up there. No, watch. Not only that, watch. We glory, uh, glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces, produces. That makes it mixed. Perseverance. Keep going. Keep going. 
Watch this, I'm going to break this down. And perseverance, by the way, that's a continue. That word produces is, when there's a comma, that means it's producing all that stuff. So tribulation produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. Whoa. Character produces hope? I'm going to explain that. Because character produces true hope. I'm going to get that, I'm going to get that in a second. So Joseph had to pass these tests because he, there was a goal in mind. There's three things I want you to see as I end this, this message out that Joseph, I believe, got in the prison. Without raising your hands, if you find yourself, how many of you find yourself in a prison test or a trial test? A prison test is a trial that has been going on in your life for quite a bit of a while. I can relate to that. A trial that you have been going through that is more than just a couple days or a couple weeks. Joseph, I believe, through the prison test, developed three main things. More, but I'm going to show it to you here in Romans chapter 5, okay? I'm going to show it to you. Number one, put that slide up. Tribulation produces perseverance. Everybody say that. Tribulation produces perseverance. Come on. I'm gonna, are you going to shout now when I say this? Say it one more time. Say, say tribulation produces perseverance. Now, in the NLT, the New Living Translation, that word perseverance means endurance. But in the old King James Version, like that old King James Version, you know what perseverance means? Patience. So tribulation produces patience. <laughs> what, what, what is patience? Watch this. Put that next slide up. Patience is waiting with contentment. Not just waiting. Oh, I feel like shouting here. It's not just waiting. True biblical patience is waiting with contentment. True, that, wait, wait, you could only get to that place. You could only get to waiting with joy, right, waiting with contentment after you've been shaped through the fires of trials and tribulation that builds perseverance. Because trials and tribulations, listen, some of us, some of us, we give in to anything that, that comes our way. We have no discipline. Trials and tribulation is the recipe for some of us to shape and build our perseverance, our endurance, our patience. Wait a minute. Patience is waiting with contentment. But it's not just waiting. Patience is keeping, watch this, watch this. Patience is keeping your heart right while you're waiting for something. I'm going to say that very slowly. Patience is keeping your heart right while you're waiting for something. I'm going to give you a little secret. When you're waiting for something and it doesn't happen for a long time, that is the recipe for idols to creep in your heart. When you are waiting for a long time, listen, I'm going to tell you something. Truly, 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 what's in your heart will be revealed if you've been waiting for something for a long time and it doesn't happen. Listen, that is what patience is. Patience is not just waiting. It's waiting while you keep your heart right. Remember when Moses went up? Listen, guys, let's, let's all take a journey. Let's say all of us are going to Daytona Beach right now after service, right? And we're running away from the enemy, right? And I put my microphone up, right? And, and, and Daytona Beach just splits open. 
like, and you're, you're like, wow, let's go. It's dry, right? Let's go to the other side. You saw that. You saw that with your own eyes. Like, that is a miracle. Like, that, it's not like, oh, I saw that yesterday. Like, I've never seen that, right? Watch, watch the trick of idolatry and watch the deception of your own heart when you are waiting for something and it doesn't happen. Moses went up to the mountain to pray. Shortly after they got delivered and the Israelites saw with their own eyes that the waves opened and the, and the old enemies got drowned and Moses was taking a long time. He was taking a long time. And they said, what's up with this Moses? We don't know if he died. I don't know where he's at. And then slowly, because they didn't understand the, the waiting process. Remember, patience is waiting with contentment. With your heart right. The longer something takes for you it to manifest of what you want and it doesn't happen, the more propensity idolatry will start birthing in your heart. They came up. And now these same people that just a couple of months ago saw the wave split up supernaturally said, you know what, I, th I think I have a good idea. I think it was if we put all our gold together, right, if we snatch all the bling bling from all of you guys and we, and we mold it into a calf, I think that's the one, that is the power that delivered us from there. They actually convinced themselves to make a calf and then they said, that's what delivered us from the Egypt, are you, you, two months ago you just saw what the Lord did. Why? Because idolatry is birthed in the waiting season. You want, you want to be careful of your heart condition when you've been in prison spiritually and emotionally for a long time. Because it's when things don't change that things truly start erupting bad for you. And I'm going to say that in the last time. Listen. Perseverance carries a reality of battling something very hard and difficult while you wait for it to be over. I'm going to say that again. Perseverance carries the reality of battling something. It's not just waiting. You're battling something. Listen, while, very hard, while you're waiting for it to be over. Look at this next slide. Perseverance is enduring a long and difficult trial. I want you to take a picture of that. Perseverance is enduring. Now notice the word enduring. Unfortunately, we got to endure it. But let me tell you, at the end, our hearts, our spirit, our, our emotions will be straight for the Lord. Perseverance is enduring a long and difficult trial. And he gives us grace. But what it produces this type of strength, tribulations that we go to. That is what produces it. Now look at number two. So tribulation produces what? Perseverance, which is also patience, right? Tribula remember, remember the order. Tribulation produces endurance. How many are in need of endurance? How many slip up easily to certain things? Well, that means you need endurance. Remember, endurance to, to what? To stay standing for the long haul, not for a short amount of time. That's the purpose for tribulation is to get us to stand, to, to finish strong, Right? So tribulation produces perseverance, which is, which is patience and endurance, right? Now what, now, now, now what does, what does uh, per, that's, that's number one. What does perseverance then produce? Okay. Perseverance now produces character. See this progression? You can't have one without the other. 
So, temp, temp, sorry, tribulations produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. Everybody say character. That speaks of inner strength and inner stability. It speaks of steadiness, character, in the good and in the bad seasons of your life. Can people look at you in a good season and bad season in your life and still see someone steady? Or, or could they know you, you really are not in a good season because you're always unsteady in the bad season and you're always really good in the good seasons. Like I said last week, it's very easy to serve the Lord in the mountaintop experience. But we're going to come to the valley soon. And you have to be prepared. Okay. Now, like I said, many theologians have looked around and seen the mentions of character. And the only way character comes is through tribulation, through perseverance. This is how I would like to produce character. It's through tribulation. I'm sorry. That doesn't make people be joy joyful. That's why James, I couldn't, James, we, we have the wrong definition of joy. We need to get back to the biblical definition of joy. Let me tell you, let me, let me tell you a, a couple places where joy is found. All right? Jesus is hanging on the cross, right? He's hanging, he's, he's, he's suffering. And then one of the writers, he's talking about that later after Jesus res resurrected, I believe in Philippians. And he says, and, and he said, for, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. For the joy, that, that, that doesn't sound like the joy that I'm used to, that you're used to. I'm used to saying like the joy is like, I have no problems. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And then it goes, the joy that was set before him. In other words, his joy was not saying, I don't feel any pain. His joy is saying, I see the finished product and that gives me joy. Right? The finished product is one day George is going to get saved. One day Rosie is going to get saved. If I endure this suffering, there are going to be a great reward for my people. Right? Watch, watch another definition of joy. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials and tribulations. The book of James. Knowing that your, that your, your tribulation produces, again, perseverance. Right? Count it all joy. They had a different perspective. They had a different perspective of joy. Why? Their joy was birthed out of the outcome. Our joy is birthed out of the temporary. Our joy is birthed of, if I don't get this right now, I'm going to be sad and I'm going to be miserable. Their joy was like, I don't know if I'm going to get it now, but I'm happy because what this is going to produce in me and in everybody else. Listen, listen. I know that's hard, but let me tell you something. We want to last long. Those who endure to the end shall be saved. Can I hear an amen? Now look at this slide. Look at this slide. The worst thing that you could do, this is long, the worst thing you could do for somebody is to promote them before they are ready. Or, or to try to deliver them out of a trial that God has actually taken them through to work character in their life. I'm a fixer by nature. I know that about myself. I want to help people. I want to fix something. And when, when someone's going through a trial, I, I, I'm a fixer. So I want to get them out. And they're like, oh, I'm like, come on, let me. And you know what? Sometimes the worst thing we could do, if we're not sensitive to what the Lord is doing, is God is allowing them because all the attitudes and all the filthiness and all the stuff is being purged out through the trial process. The worst thing we could do is to deliver, try to deliver someone out of a trial that God has actually taken them through to build character in their lives. And here's another thing for those of you in, in position of authority. The worst thing you could do is to promote someone before their time. 
Do not promote some, I'm going to say something that's real powerful. It's not even in my notes. This is free here. The worst thing you could do to promote somebody, do not promote someone based on zeal and based on giftings. I used to do that when I was in youth ministry. When I was in youth ministry, I used to be like, you know, these, these, ah. I'm like, I want that one for my team, right? Six months later, because they had no character, they ruined everything. They opened up doors, opened up temptation. I don't know what they were doing, and they dragged all the youth down with them. But we see fire, we see zeal, we see gifting, and we say, let's promote that. God does not promote regarding according to your gifts. He promotes regarding your faithfulness and your character. You want promotion? You want promotion? Be faithful and allow the Holy Spirit to develop Christ-like character in you. Then God says, I trust that person. That's why he came to, to Lucifer. Even when Lucifer, Satan himself, appeared to God and say, hey, you have a hedge of protection. Imagine, oh, I feel like shouting in this. Listen, listen, imagine God giving this revelation to you. Imagine God thinks about this so much because you've developed your character that he could trust you. That's what character building is all about, is for God to trust you with influence and with responsibility. Satan comes to God and said, hey, you have a hedge of protection over Job. I bet you if you take it away from him, he will curse you. And it's funny because God goes, have you considered Job? There's no one like him. <laughs> hey, Satan, have you considered? I'm like, God, I don't know if that's good or bad. He's like, have you considered him? Satan, have you considered him? Go ahead. Don't take his life. But I give you permission. Oh, you'll, you'll watch, you'll curse. You no, no, he won't curse me because I know his character. You talk about a prison sentence. Job went through a prison sentence. He cursed his own birthright, but he never cursed God. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? If your character is not right, you will end up cursing God in the midst of your trial. In the midst of you. You may not say it loud, but you will definitely say it silently. I've battled times where I felt like going, Because trials and tribulation is the recipe for maturity. I want the worship team to come up here. I'm going to put the third one up here. And lastly, lastly, listen. Character produces hope. Now this is where I'm going to land. You say character produces hope? I've never heard of that. How can, how can character produce hope? Here's what, what I'm going to say. True godly character will produce true biblical hope. Not, now I'm going to say something that I want to be honest with you. It's even hard for me to hear, even in this season of my life, in the painful affliction that I've been going through. I want to say something. When you, please hear me. If you don't hear anything I say, hear this. How does character produce hope? Have you ever thought about that? How does godly character produce the ability for hope? Why? Because godly character will produce your ability to see hope from a biblical perspective, are you ready for this? Zoom in. Because true biblical hope is not found in your circumstances changing. True biblical hope is found in asking and knowing that God is going to be with you in the midst of the trial. Why? Because if you don't, if, you're, if your trials, sorry, if your hope is in your circumstances changing, your heart will grow sick. Look at this. 
Our hope is in the Lord, not in our circumstances changing. Trust me, I don't want to hear that. I don't. I want my circumstances to change. Now, will our circumstances change? Yes, eventually. But watch this. Our hope is not that our circumstances are changing because if our hope is in our circumstances changing, watch this, the longer it goes without changing, the more our heart grows sick. You say, where do you get that from? I'm glad you asked. Look at Proverbs chapter 13. Look at Proverbs chapter 13. Watch this, guys. Are you getting something? Look at Proverbs 13 verse 12. Hope. What, 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 what? Hope what? You know what deferred means? That means it's tossed aside. It means it's no, it, it seems like it's not even worth hoping. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Now wait, I'm putting it all together. Why then is, does character produce hope? Because whew, once t- tribulation comes and trials comes, it produces perseverance and strength and endurance. Once that endurance is strong, it produces character. And once that character is strong, it allows us to see hope for what it really is. And hope is not only for our circumstances to change, because if our hope is in that, our hope will be deferred. Our hope has to be that the Lord will always be with us in the midst of the trial. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Here's what happened. Say something in the background, my friends. They were told, hey, if you don't deny your God, we're going to put you in, a, uh, in this hot, fiery oven. But l- listen, we all know that, but I want to I I harp on something. They got up there. They were fully intended to say, hey, now, now I want you to see this, where their perspective and versus our perspective. They didn't, didn't put their hope on if, watch this, if God is truly God, he will deliver me from this. If I truly have my hope in my circumstances changing, and if it doesn't change, we will get offended at God and no longer hope. Come on, I've been there. My perspective and hope has been on my circumstances instead of the Lord. And guess what? Year one, year two, Joseph was still in the prison. Year three, he prophesies over the butler and the baker while he's in prison and his gifts is operating in prison. He said, hey, listen, when you get out, just remember me. They didn't remember him. They forgot about him. Year four, year five, year six. Don't you think his heart is being tested severely during those times, watch this, about the goodness and faithfulness of God? God, if you're truly faithful, why did you prophesy that I would have a coat of many colors? Did I eat too much ice cream the night before? Did I eat pizza, falafel pizza, whatever, you know? Then I get accused of rape. Are you still with me? Hear me? Hear me? So you could get to a place of trials and tribulation that you actually think that the reason for your trial and tribulation is because God abandoned you. It's because God is about to trust you. You're in good company. Job. Listen, Joseph. Jesus. Look, look, look at this. These three friends of Daniel, they didn't say, well, my hope is that God is going to bring an angel because we trust God so much, he's going to deliver us, and he is not going to allow us to be thrown into that fire. They got in there, and they had one more chance. Deny the Lord, I will throw you in the fire. 
And then I, there's a little foreshadow moment that I knew that even before Jesus showed up, they knew that no matter what, they resolved that their hope was in the Lord, not in their circumstances changing. Because you know what the, 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 the friend said? They said, oh, king, the God that we serve is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace. But watch this. But let it be known. If he doesn't, we will still not bow before your God. In other words, if he changes it or not, we're either going to get burned to death or God's going to somehow be honored through our death. And it wasn't until they got into the fire that they were fully thinking, okay, here it comes. This is how I'm going to glorify God with my death. You know the story you saw. We threw three people in there. There's a fourth guy in there, and he looks like the son of God. In this case, their circumstances changed because their character was built to a place where their hope was not in their circumstances changing. Now, can we believe for healing? Absolutely. But where I have had my hope deferred, if I could be transparent with you, is because I've put more focus on my circumstances changing than in the Lord to be in my circumstances. When Jesus, when Jesus, when Paul told Jesus, come on, God, take this thorn out of my flesh, out of my side, you would think that Paul the Apostle had a kind of, a kind of like a VIP treatment to heaven, right? Because Paul the Apostle wrote two-thirds of the New Testament under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. If I was God, I would have been like, hey, if anybody needs his prayer answered, it's Paul right there. God, I used him to write two-thirds of the New Testament. Lord, I beg you three times. Now, we don't want to hear this. We don't want to hear this. And sometimes, I'll be honest, I don't want to hear this. He comes to God. Please take. In other words, change the circumstances. My grace is sufficient for you. No, I don't think you heard me, God. I don't, I don't think you heard. That's not what I asked you. I asked you to remove this thing. My grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect, made perfect in your weakness. And Paul said, I therefore would rather glory in my tribulation because it's producing in me. You know, no, watch this. Paul the Apostle. For my light affliction, light, light. <laughs> the guy who got stoned, the guy who got beat down, the guy who died, the guy who got, got stripped of, of, and he was naked, the guy who got shipwrecked, the guy who got abandoned. Light, my light affliction. The guy who got flogged 39 times, three times. Light affliction. My light affliction that we're suffering is for a moment. It's producing in me a far more weight of glory. Hallelujah. I'm almost done. Psalm 39, verse 7. I'm going to give you a couple of ending scriptures on hope. Everybody say hope. I'm going to say something. True, mature character. True, mature character produces biblical hope. What is biblical hope? Not so much that he's going to wave his magic wand and change our circumstances. I know that sounds a little contradictory, right? Is that God, you will, be, you will feel God in the midst of your circumstances, that he'll be right in the middle with you, right? But he's producing something in you while you go through that prison. Listen, you either humble yourself or God will humble you. 
I am a hard knucklehead. And sometimes God has to humble me to produce character in me. And God says, it would have been much easier, son, if you just yield to this process. Psalm 39. Watch this. Look at what David said. And now, Lord, listen, watch this. This is crazy. What do I wait for? Did you get that? What, what am I waiting for? In other words, I'm not waiting for my circumstances to change. Look at this, ne- look at this next verse. My hope. No, no, no. In that, that same verse. Now, Lord, what do I wait for? My hope is in you. Listen, my hope is not that one day I'm going to uh, get out of this rut. Yes, he wants to get you out of that rut. But what he is doing while you're in that rut, you don't see it now. But it's producing a resilience and a strength that you're going, watch this, you're going to need when the pressures of leadership come upon you. Let me, let me tell you, there's no way, I launched when I was 44, there's no way that I, if, God, if, if the Lord would have told me what I would have gone through after I started the ministry, both physically, emotionally, and spiritually, I would have been like, heck, no, I don't want that. Call somebody else to do it. But guess what? It took 20-something years of my Christian walk for God to finally say, you're ready. You've allowed yourself to walk through the fire now your character is built. In other words, you're not going to pop off on the mouth and hurt people when people hurt you back. See, because the old, old PG, I would have been a little gangster with them. You know what I mean? I've been like, don't be talking to me like that. But after characters form through the fire, people would talk about you and you're like, God bless you. And, and you know that you're hugging someone that just stabbed you on your back. That's character. You know what happened to Joseph. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Joseph spent 13 years, God, building his character. I feel the Lord. So that when his brothers, who he knew at one point had severe anger towards, that was shaping in the prison, shaping in the prison, shaping in the prison. All of a sudden, he unveiled himself for the first time. He couldn't restrain himself. He started crying. And all his brothers were thinking that he's just this Pharaoh assistant guy. And he revealed, I'm Joseph, your brother. Now watch, watch, watch. He says, what you meant to do for me, you meant it for harm. But God meant it for your good. Thirteen years ago, you guys put me in a pit. And I was angry at you guys. And I'm going to be honest, if God would have let me out, I would have killed all y'all. But I spent 12 years in this prison. And God has been with me. And guess what? I'm in a position now to save all of you. Guess what? He became an instrument to save the whole nation of Israel and his family. Because trials produced character. You want to be trusted with anything? Make sure your character is shaped. And make sure that your heart is right during the fiery trials, right? I'm going to give you a couple more scriptures and then, then I'm done, right? I feel the Holy Spirit here. Watch Psalm 140, 146. Just two more scriptures, then we're done. Psalm 146. Happy is he who has the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope... Everybody say hope. Is who? Is where? In the Lord. Not in your circumstances changing. My, it, whose hope is in the Lord, his God. Look at Jeremiah 17, the last one. 
We're going to close. Verse 7 and 8. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Here it goes again. Whose hope is in the Lord. Tribulations produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. Character produces If you really want a perspective change on hope, allow God to shape your character so you can see truly hope as it truly is. Not in just a a rapture mentality to get you out of trouble. Sometimes you got to still be in Egypt while the death angel is still there, but you're covered by the blood. So you see, you got to understand. Did God, here's a little theological question for you. Did God rapture the people of Israel out of Egypt when the death angel came and seeking the firstborn to kill him. Did, did God say, hey, you guys go into another land. No, he said, you get a blood of a lamb. And you put it on the doorpost, and when the death angel sees that, he'll, he'll pass over it. Here's a newsflash. Do you think out of the two or three million Jews that everyone was living for God? Absolutely not. So guess what? That means even the rebellious Jews, Jews, if they would not have been obedient to pee in the blood, the death angel would have hit them too. But here's my point. The Jews, God's people, were in the very thick of the plagues. But God protected them through instruction. Now watch this. That last scripture. We'll put it out there one more time. Blessed is a man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like Trees planted by the waters which spread its roots. Wait, wait, wait. How do you spread your roots and be fruitful? By the man who hopes in the Lord. Right? And we will not fear when great heat comes. Wait, wait, wait. I highlighted that red. Notice that it didn't say he'll... I'm going to read that. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spreads out its roots by the river. He will not fear if heat comes. It doesn't say that. It says, he will not fear when he comes. But who is he talking to? To the person who hopes in the Lord. Wait, 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 wait. So watch this as I close. Those who hope in the Lord still going to have heat. Let that sink in. Blessed is the man who hopes in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. The person who hopes in the Lord, who should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And he will not fear when heat comes. Heat is coming. But those of you who are planted in the things of the Lord and your hope is in the Lord, you will not fear when he comes. Let me tell you, he causes the rain to come on the just and the unjust. But it's how you respond to the rain. It's how you respond to the rain that will determine if you will be trusted with much or trusted with little. If you're always, listen, if you're always failing the prison test and complaining in the prison test. If you're always mouthing off and you're always getting angry at the prison test, God says, let's do it all over again. I Remember what I said in the first time I started this series. When we fail a test, God doesn't put F on the paper. He says, retake. Yay. I get to retake this test. But let me tell you something, church. If you're in a prison right now, I'm closing. Look, I promise. Look, I'm, clo- I'm closing this thing. If you're in a prison test, you're in a trial, you've been in a long trial, painful trial, prison trial, know that God is allowing it for a purpose 
to shape you into a man and woman of God so that when your destiny comes, you will have years of stability. Watch this. So that when all this hell comes in your life, you'll be able to stand without flinching. And they'll say like, wow, that's a spiritual guy or that's a spiritual woman. And in yourself, you'll say, yeah, it took years in the prison to shape me how I am today. So I want to encourage you. Tribulation produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. We must pass this one of these final tests in order for us to graduate. As a matter of fact, right after the prison test, right after the prison test, shortly after that, that's when restoration came to his family, to Joseph's family, and that's when authority came that was never taken back. Let me tell you, some of you, I'm going to prophesy this to you. You're on the brink of great authority. You're on the great brink of great favor. You are, you're on the brink of great restoration in your family. Don't escape this test. Allow the Lord to deal with your emotions and your anger and your bitterness and your lust and your addictions and allow that tribulation to shape you into that man and woman of God. Then he says, open that door. Do you see every trial produced a reward? Abraham, when God told him kill Isaac and he didn't and he was about to, he said, now I know that you feel the Lord. But shortly afterwards, he says, look up in the sky now. Do you see how many stars? You can't number them, right? He goes, that's how many of your descendants you'll be. There will always be a reward at the end of your prison test. And some of you, I prophesy, you're right at the end of your prison. Stand up. Come on, stand up. Glory to God. Some of you, I hear the Holy Spirit saying, your, your prison test is, an, is a hurtful experience. That's your prison test. Some of you, your prison test is watching a family member go through something. Some of you, maybe like me, it's a, an affliction that for some reason you just can't get healed from or you can't get out of. But it's in that time where God is shaping such deep character in you. I'll close with this because I, I used to say this all the time. I used to say, God, use me to make a mark on this world. I used to see great men and women of God. I go, I want to be like that. I heard the Lord years ago say, you only see the finished product, but you don't know what they, got to go th they had to go through for them to get that influence. And I was young. I didn't know. Let me tell you something. When you see someone with great, I'm going to give you a secret. When you see someone with great influence and authority, look deep into their eyes because there are scars there. There's scars and character building where you see Jesus in them. Why? You know what? why it's called long-suffering? Because you suffer long. Patience is long-suffering. But watch this. There's a reward for your character. There's a reward for your ministry. There's a reward for your business that you will be able to help others in the process because you've been shaped through the fiery trials of tribulation and you'll come out as gold. Can I hear an amen? Lift up your hands right now. Right now, I'm going to ask you to think about this. I want you to think before we dismiss. I'm going to ask the Lord to give you understanding and grace. 
for your prison season, that your hope will shift to the Lord. Allow Him to minister to you. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.